Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. It is time now we can go across to New York. Uh, Ronan Mullen is there, our Off the Brawl pre- presenter. You were at Madison Square Garden last night, Ronan Mullen. Thanks for joining us on the line, uh, I would say, quite early in the morning. I'd say it was a late one last night. But um, a victory for Katie Taylor. It was contentious, I would say. A lot of people, uh, you know, are saying it was split, split 50-50 down the middle, some even saying Pursuit won. What was your own take on it? Yeah, it was a really incredible night at Madison Square Garden. Like Katie's, Katie's own drama was up there with the main event. And it was it was a weird fight because Pursuit, although she closed the stronger, it felt like Katie had enough credit in the bank from early in the fight to maybe um, coast to the end of the fight. But Pursuit, in, in those last closing rounds came on so strong and maybe Katie was wilting ever so slightly um, so I can see the point of view that maybe people favour Pursuit's work rate and aggression but Katie's cleaner work throughout in those early rounds the judges are always likely to favour the person who's getting the cleaner shots off and that was Katie for the most part and while Pursuit was relentless I think Taylor was probably her boxing acumen which won out on the night. Yeah, it was certainly her toughest fight to date. Uh, what was it about Pursuing that made her so difficult for Taylor? Yeah, Pursuing, she's so unorthodox. It's something that most of us flagged up in the build-up to the fight that uh, I think it was showcased in round one where she left forward with this uh, left hook that was of no textbook note whatsoever. <laughs> she just kind of, her balance was off and it took Katie a little bit by surprise. And a fighter, when they're so reliant on uh, timing and accuracy such as Taylor to have someone who's almost uh, a novice in the way they approach things is um, it can be a little bit off-putting and I think that was it it was it was more rhythm and then the the pace that which pursuing set it was just a little bit tricky for Katie to adapt to and it's a point which Katie made to us when she spoke to us before the fight that like girls throughout uh, Katie's career have always figured that this slick boxer she doesn't like to be roughed up on the inside and Katie, almost to a detriment, is trying to disprove that point by probably staying in the inside a little bit too long, trying to trade. And while she's well capable of doing it, her best success comes when she gets up on her toes and boxes at distance. And it was it was rather that element which would have won her won her the fight last night, rather than the inside exchanges which Pursuit probably shaded. So you think there, there's almost like a little bit of stubbornness on her part that she's almost kind of not so much playing to her weaknesses, but not playing to her strengths just to prove that she's good enough to do the other things as well. Yeah, exactly. And I know given that the pro distance is so different to the amateur game, like the marathon versus a sprint, it's probably not feasible to be up on your toes and boxing at distance. You have to bite down in your gum shield at times and exchange. But sometimes Katie, she likes to, if she takes a shot, she wants to give two back and sort of stay in the trenches. And it was trench warfare throughout. You could see the scars of battle on both faces after the fight. Um, not all, uh, you know, legal stuff. There was a lot of head clashes and rabbit punches from Persone. And the referee on another night could have taken a point off Persone, and that probably would have, that probably would have uh, cleared things up a little bit as far as the scorecards were concerned. But there was certainly an element of jeopardy heading into this fight that probably hadn't been present in some of Taylor's earlier professional fights. You know, Persone, you know, hasn't lost in nine years. Champion for five of those. And there's a lot to be said for the habit of winning. You know, there's fighters that go in there probably thinking they've already lost, whereas Pursuant, she's just not used to losing. So she was um, probably refusing refusing to be denied almost in, in the fight last night. And you could see by her reaction after, after the scorecards were read out that she probably thought she edged it. 
there was there was an element of intrigue, especially in the crowd. Uh, it's a rare thing in boxing where you're just not sure who won. And as I said, the feeling in, on press row was that possibly a draw, but it could have gone either way. And you know, I, I think a rematch is probably the fairest thing to do. Whether that is borne out uh, remains to be seen. Yeah, I saw on your uh, on your Twitter. Uh, I think we have it up there at Ronan Reigns. You um, you posted up a, a picture of the actual official scorecard, and it did strike me that across the ten rounds, there were very few rounds where all three judges could actually come to yeah. universal agreement on who won it. Like uh, on quite a few of them, Taylor might have been given two ten nines on another one. Uh, while another one, uh, Pursuit, would be given ten nine. Like the judges really found it uh, found it hard to kind of come to agreement. And even even though two of them eventually had ninety six ninety four together, they came together in very different ways. Yeah, and it all comes down to preferences. Judges um, favor different things. There's aggression, work rate, which pursuing probably edged. But in terms of cleaner punching and like more eye eye catching shots, a uh, customary scoring shots, uh, Taylor was obviously landing uh, more of those. And you know, economy of punches as well. Like pursuing while she was a. Uh, throwing punches and bunches, Taylor was probably picking her shots a lot better. And some judges are just going to favour that, often rightly so. Um, so, yeah, there was a, a lot of variance on the scorecards. And the punch stats, as I mentioned, were almost as interesting in the sense that it looked like Pursuing had outworked Taylor, but uh, the punches landed told a different story. Mm-hmm. So just, what, two and a half years, I think I'm right in saying, since Katie Taylor turned pro, 14 fights now, she's the undisputed lightweight champion. Um, can you contextualise how big an achievement this is for anyone in boxing to become the unified champion across their uh, across their weight division? Yes, yeah, it's, it's really remarkable, and it's probably gotten lost a little bit just in the in some of the complexity around the final scorecards. But like the seventh person in history to unify the four recognised titles, you know that kind of puts her in a really rarefied air. And the top along with, along, really, along with who who would who would be in that group in that seven? Well. Notable names like Bernard Hopkins, uh, Jermaine Taylor, and more recently, Terence Crawford, Alexander Usyk, who, who beat Tony Bellew last year. So some top fighters, and then Cecilia Brighouse and Clarissa Shields, who probably be the other two totems of women's boxing at the moment. So she's uh, really in a top bracket. And coming off the back of that uh, incomparable sort of uh, amateur success as well, you know, she's sort of raised the bar in the pro game, which people probably didn't anticipate was possible. Like those people last night putting Taylor Persona as one of the best fights they've seen in recent years. So it just shows that um, this delineation between women's boxing and men's boxing is sort of fading, especially at the top end where top class boxing is just that. It's, it's boxing at a high level and um, Taylor and Persona showed that they're well capable of doing it at the highest level. Uh, you were obviously one of the Irish over there last night. Was there a, a decent green, white and gold showing in, in MSG? Yeah, it was remarkable. It was a real hodgepodge of uh, of representation in terms of the you had the Mexicans, Americans, and the UK fight fans for the main event, and then different nationalities scattered to red. But there was a strong Irish representation, obviously the diaspora as well. But a lot of people made the trip over, and uh, atmosphere was a fever pitch, especially for that tenth and final round, which felt like it was going to be decisive. The crowd sort of rose to their feet and roared the two uh, women over the line. So really brilliant fight and an unbelievable platform and given what came after it's a night that's going to be remembered for a long time and uh, you hinted at, her, at it earlier on there given the how close it was the the next step in all likelihood is probably a rematch are we right in saying 
Yeah, it's difficult. Like the um, without giving too much away, I think uh, Katie's team probably had tentative plans in place for other fights, but they might like think it's best practice to maybe give um, pursuing the rematch. Maybe not immediately. There might be fights to be had in between. Um, if Katie is going to headline a show going forward, maybe herself against pursuing a Belgian and an Irish person in New York mightn't sell overly well. So they might just have to get creative in terms of how they build that. But there are other huge fights, such as the Amanda Serrano fight, which has been talked about for a long time. Um, seems to be a little bit of cold feet on the Serrano side of things, depending on who you talk to. But there are certainly options on the table. And Cecilia Breitkaus, who I mentioned, another undisputed champion, um, she's on the table as well. And then Jessica McCaskill, who people might remember, from a, who fought Katie earlier in her career at York Hall, it's probably one of her more competitive fights, uh, probably her most competitive fight before last night. So McCaskill has since gone on in one world title. So that's a rematch people are interested in as well. So there's certainly depth there. Katie has op- options going forward, which maybe weren't apparent six months ago. Yeah, and like, are, are all these fights, do you think she'd be sticking around in the, in the lightweight division for pretty much the rest of her career? Or w- would she possibly step up a, a weight division? She seemed to make she seems to make the lightweight uh, limit quite easily, rather. But as I said, McCaskill has moved up, and that's a that's an appetizing fight up uh, at super lightweight. So maybe she could she could uh, pursue that one at some point. But for the time being, I think she's um, she's comfortable at lightweight. It's whether she just feels I've done all I can do at this at this division, and I want to pursue some other pastures, and that's probably what's going to force her up. In the end, and also, as I mentioned, creativity in, in terms of forcing super fights. If she wants to meet Cecilia Breitkaus, that's probably going to have to be a catchweight or, or some sort of um, compromise in the middle, you know. And it obviously wasn't the only fight on the card in New York last night. I'd say a lot of people who maybe stayed up on this side of the water to watch us late, uh, late last night, early hours of the morning, might have gone to bed before the main event between um, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. I, I don't imagine when you were heading over to New York, you had the slightest thought in your head that Anthony Joshua was going to be stopped last night? Absolutely not. And the odds would uh, back that up. It's just the, the original fight, which was supposed to be against Jarrell Miller, um, obviously fell out because of a, a series of failed PED tests. But what was probably lost in all the bluster there was that Ruiz is a, a really good fighter. He might not look the part, but of the available opponents to step in, he was uh, one of the more accomplished and he, he had a troublesome style for Anthony Joshua in the sense that he lets his hands go in combinations, which is a rarity in the heavier weight classes. And while Joshua thought he probably had put him away in the third round, it, Ruiz was able to get combinations away in a way that Joshua just simply wasn't. And he just never really recovered. It was quite incredible to see, given the pomp and ceremony which went around his entrance to the ring. And the whole fight week was obviously, he was the cornerstone. This was his American debut. And I think in retrospect, they probably would have uh, uh, handpicked a, more of a gimme opponent, someone just mm. to knock over and like showcase Joshua on this platform. But Ruiz, Mexico's first ever heavyweight champion, and given the lineage and heritage of the Mexican boxing fraternity, it's a hell of a mantle for him to, uh, to hold. And going forward, he's... Uh, He's booked himself some lucrative fights. And one thing I can tell you, the rematch, which may be um, uh, as as far as Taylor and Persuna are concerned, that rematch will happen between Ruiz and Joshua. It's contractually enforced and it's probably going to happen in the UK at the back end of the year. 
Yeah, and if and when it does happen, I'm sure Anthony Joshua is not going to be as uh, friendly and as uh, kind to Andy Ruiz as he, as he had been in the uh, the pre-fight press conferences during last week, even even r- allowing Ruiz to pose in front yeah. of cameras with the belts. I mean, I was looking at that at the time, going, "Geez, it, like, there's a bit of is there a bit of cockiness creeping in there? Was was there any yeah. sense that Anthony Joshua just got complacent when he kind of saw the opponent and you know Ruiz? He he doesn't look the most athletic. He's probably he's carrying an extra few pounds that you know the average." Uh, finely tuned athlete would do you think there was just a lot of complacency set in yeah and the external factors of his first fight on foreign soil wanting to make an impression he probably overthought things a little bit and maybe didn't give enough credence to the actual opponent in front of him and it's easy to dismiss Andy Ruiz if you see him he, he's not what the athlete of the day is uh, pedestal as but you know he can he can really fight and hmm. Joshua when boxing at distance if he had to just stay at distance and use his superior height and reach he probably would have won out pretty easy but he, he just got a little bit uh, over ambitious on the inside shortened the distance and that allowed Ruiz to get his shots off inside and that was all she wrote just a really incredible finish and uh, took, really took the air out of the balloon in Madison Square Garden before the Mexicans rose up and uh, celebrated so just uh, an unbelievable night from top to bottom. There was some other uh, contention elsewhere in the card, but certainly Taylor and uh, Joshua were the, was the headline news. Yeah. Um, and just finally, before I let you go, um, obviously a massive shock. Where in kind of the the list of modern shocks would this rank the Ruiz win against Joshua? Like, we're not talking Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson here, are we? No, it's not It's not quite on that level, just uh, the odds makers would, would suggest so, but there's... Uh, it's just it's right up there like it's it's seismic shock and given what has um given what was on the table and fights with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury have been uh, kind of they've been hovering around them for a while trying to build them and the the jeopardy with that is always a heavyweight boxing anything can happen and anything did happen last night so Joshua will just be keen to avenge his losses we've seen Vladimir Klitschko uh, take losses and get them back and um, Lennox Lewis similarly against Hassim Rachman and, and so on was beaten but came back Oliver McCall similarly so he'll just uh, Joshua will want to set the record straight it's um, it's no it's no disgrace to show some fallibility in heavyweight boxing um, but he'll just want to come back and show that he still can mix it with the big boys and hopefully those lucrative fights with the two guys I mentioned aren't gone uh, quite yet Okay Ronan thanks a million for joining us this afternoon and uh, we'll see you in the office again next week have you much coming up on Off the Brawl I imagine? We'll be reacting to that because we um, we previewed uh, Taylor and Persoon and Ruiz Joshua as sort of uh, takeover jobs or customary wins for the favourites, but uh, we've a lot to get our teeth stuck in to see where it all went wrong for Joshua and to build up to hopefully a Taylor Persoon rematch. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.